0: Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is sponsored by LowPay, the low-rate payment app that gives you more. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is my uh, lunch, lunch and learn, as I coined the phrase, which I stole from the veterinary industry because they like to do their lunch and learns. But uh, welcome. Welcome to James White from the Sales Academy. How are you doing? I'm good, Bill.
1: How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good. You having a, a, a good summer? Summer's always good. I'm alive. When you get to my engine, you're alive. That's half the battle. So, no, it's all good. <laughs> but the weather's to be a bit average, but as we all know, we, we're British. We deal with that, right? So Yeah, every every year's a
0: bonus, is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, my age it definitely is, mate. I tell you no, it's all good. No, no, I, I do. Have, you know, I'm grateful for small mercies, and sometimes health and well being is part of that. So it's all good if you're in good health. That's a good start.
0: Yeah, excellent, excellent. So thank you for coming on and um, chatting to us. We're going to be talking all about sales, um, which is a, an interesting topic. And obviously, you know, 45 minutes to an hour will not cover. M- a small percentage of it. But we're going to uh, talk about uh, where people stumble and fall down on sales. But before we do that, perhaps you can just introduce yourself and uh, tell us how you, how you got into the sales industry.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. No worries all. Well, my name is James White, um, but uh, it's a really interesting thing. A lot of people think my actual name is James White Sales because if you search for me anywhere across the internet, on YouTube, on any social channels, you'll search James White, you get a theologian and a few other people. But if you search James White Sales, then you find me. So, sales, sales has been a passion of mine all my life, really. My dad was a sales director and he uh, got into selling. Um, obviously, he was in sales for a security company, and I used to go on to um, my Market fairs and stores, the olden days when you could only sell through face-to-face transactions for the internet. And I uh, was worked with him and uh, I said worked with him, I sort of attended with him. And then I got into in a market store, I sold on a market stall and was doing a mixture of sales jobs over my career. And uh, I really loved those, those jobs and loved sales and the passion for sales and how people buy and what makes people buy. And I worked uh, in sales and marketing roles in some large IT companies in sort of from 90, well, after F University from 97 through to sort of um, 2006, uh, 2005, sorry. And then I set my own business up in 2005. So I've been an unemployable business person, I should say unemployable, because when you set your own business up, you become unemployable to other people. And uh, I've been running my own business for for 20 for odd years and, for, and um, uh, built up a software company and then set up my own sales training company. So I'm a big... My big passion and my big mission is helping people do two things. A, realize that sales is not as difficult as they think it is, and B, helping people sell the right way. Because I think when you sell the right way, everyone feels good as a result of it. So yeah, I have a YouTube channel. If you search for me, James White Sales, uh, I have a podcast, um, any social channel. I'm just on a big mission to help people learn to sell and feel comfortable about selling.
0: Awesome and, and I invited you on your your mentor of mine and Emma's to another program and the The passion that you have around helping small businesses sell is you know it, it comes across every time we speak, so that's why I wanted to get you on amongst this audience
1: but so- I love it, I, and if I can, and if we can take, well, if someone can take one nugget from today that they can use, that they can apply and get a result, my, it makes my heart sing. So that's what I, would, I do, and I mean that in the sense of my. The reason I do what I do is when people say, "I applied your your idea here, or did this, and it worked." Oh my goodness! Thank you. That's 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 manner from heaven for me.
0: And we may have a tough crowd today, pet groomers uh, or or the dog industry in general, quite often you hear people say, you know, I got into pet grooming because I don't like people. (laughs) And that's a tough one. That is a tough one, isn't it? Um, But maybe
1: we can start any questions are welcome any questions are welcome at the end of the day if i if I, i'll try and, i'm not here to try and convince people they don't think otherwise i'm just trying to hear to give them a different perspective right so if they can if they can give them a different perspective and humans are weird right animals are strange but humans are weird so that's why I, if you want to connect with me on linkedin feel free i talk about you know getting inside the buyer's mind getting inside people's minds if you can beat in sales it's all about getting inside someone's mind
0: yeah we'll perhaps talk a little bit about psychology later because i think that's quite interesting but is there like, a, how would you break down the word sales? What does sales actually mean as a, as a small business?
1: It's, it's it's blood running through your business. I always describe this to people. If you're a small business owner, you can have you know the brain and the heart and whatever else, but sales is the blood that runs through it. If it's humans beings and animals, dogs, pets, animals, whatever it is, if there's no blood running through the veins every day they die. So sales is to me blood running through your, your business vein every day. And I have a very simple phrase that I say to people, and that's when the tills ring, you're happy. You can deal with any problem in the world when the business is coming in. Where my big vision and mission is, uh, is, and I've been in this position myself, which is why I know the impact it has, is when you don't bring businesses. So people say to me, what do I sell? And I say to people, I sell people sleeping better at night, I sell people having better times with their loved ones. So there's people watching this now that are going to go and they'll know who they are. And you've met, you know, you, everyone's been in this position where they look at a bank balance, they log on to Stalin or Tide or Met Monzo, they look at a bank balance, they go, oh, sugar. I've not got enough money to cover my bills and to pay for the things I need to pay for and all these other issues that go through people's minds. Okay, And that happens, that bank balance is a direct result of what you have sold fundamentally, and how you have sold and what you've done to drive sales. Whether you like sales or hate it, I don't care that bank balance figure that you're seeing is a direct result. So my big passion is making that bank balance figure look a bit fatter. Because when it looks a bit fatter, and it looks a bit chunkier, and you know this, you've done incredibly well, and you feel good, right? We feel better as human beings. And we have better time with our loved ones, we spend better time with our kids, we spend better time with the people that matter because we're not worried about how am I'm going to pay a bill. We're more thinking about how can we present that individual. So my big driver is for small business owners is get make sales a priority. You may not think you're a salesperson, whatever, but make it a priority to enable you to do the other things that we all love as business owners. And that's why it's so critical. Long-winded answer, but I hope it gives you what I mean.
0: No, I love that. You know, sales is the lifeblood of your business, you know, and without sales, your business is not, <laughs> it's not performing, is it?
1: It's not, and it depends you know do. it doesn't matter where, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm a company I'm chairman of today, and I've been talking to the CEO, we're doing stuff around the business, and at the moment, we're looking at our projection numbers, okay, of sales numbers. Now, this is a business that's a bigger business, you know, in terms of size of company, they're a six-figure business, but it's still the same fundamental question. We're looking at what we operate with, and how we do, and how we, how we grow and build. So, it doesn't change as you scale and, and build, but... If you don't make the tills ring, you know, I read sadly today that Wilco went out of business, you know, sad to hear, really sad to hear that. Why has it happened? There'll be other mixture of reasons, but fundamentally, they didn't bring enough cash into the business. They didn't bring enough business in. There would have been some other factors and reasons. But most of the time, the best businesses are bringing business in on a consistent basis. And that comes from selling and knowing how to sell or feeling comfortable selling.
0: Yeah, and that leads us into like why, why when obviously you 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 mentor on on programs and when people start to sort of take on your your information and your knowledge, there's a bit of fear. There's a lot of fear around around us. What causes this kind of fear within us when it comes to sales?
1: Great question. And the honest answer is a few different things cause that. The first thing is people's perception of selling. And that perception comes because I think, and I have to estimate this on average, 80% 80, 80 and 90% of companies and people sell badly. Okay, If I ask people in the room, what what do people feel about salespeople and what they don't dislike, they dislike people being pushy and people asking for money and they feel people are dishonest and distrustworthy and, you know, excuse my French, apologies for getting kids around, the bullshitters and that sort of stuff. People are trying to do what they want to do. So they see this perception of sales and they think, oh, I don't want to be like that, which I get totally. And, and we're going to, you know, hence why it's a passion to try and change people to, to think differently. But But the other reason people don't like it is because, it puts them out of their comfort zone a little bit, right? Because they're they're people that you know, like you said, they're passionate about dogs or pets or whatever else. That's their passion. Their passion isn't necessarily in 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 in, in picking up the phone, talking to someone, emailing someone, contacting someone, whatever the sales activity is. But and as I they use the big but, if we don't do one, we can't do the other, right? And ultimately we have to be able to net. Hence I say, you know, the most critical factor in any business is make sales is king, I would say in a business. If sales don't flow in and don't come in on a regular basis, you cannot then grow, you cannot scale, you cannot, you know, do the things you want to do, whether that's to just build a nice lifestyle business so that you enjoy good income or whether it's say so you want to grow and become the world's biggest pet room i don't know but the point b is you need that revenue to be able to pay and do things and if you don't bring revenue it, it, it doesn't happen so the people get fearful of it they think sales is lots of things that it isn't they get very tied up in i call it the three r's okay fear of reputation fear of rejection and the fear of reaction. So fear of reaction is if I phone up someone and say something to someone, what reaction am I gonna get? Okay, I'm gonna go get off the phone to me, you're you know a terrible person, whatever they they worry about that reaction. They worry about being rejected because people don't like being told no. We get into this habit where we're always told yes and everything's yes. And no, it's not a bad word. No's a good word. I quite like no's, right? If, if I get no's and I'm okay with that, but people worry about that. And the final one is that fear of reputation. They feel that, oh, well, I'm going to be seen as a sleazy, horrible salesperson, which is one of the reasons why people don't do it. So overcoming those three R's is really key. And I go through with people how to do that. And when you do think about it in a slightly different way, people go, like, no, that's not too bad.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Lope. Low pay is half the price of up and Zettel, so you keep more of the money that you earn. Rates start at 0.79%. That, that rejection, that must be one, is that probably one of the biggest sort of uh, worries people have, like being sold, being said no, or don't like your products, or I don't want to speak to you? As human beings, you know, we're quite, we get quite upset with rejection, don't we? We
1: do, exactly that, and people take it personally, right? And, and, and they take it very personally. And here's a little tip I say to people, They are not rejecting you personally. Very rarely are they saying, I don't like Bill Betts, okay? What they're just saying is, I just don't think your service at the moment, I don't believe in your service right now, I don't think it's right for me, right? For whatever reason, and there's a number of reasons and we can talk about that, it's not right for me right now. They're not saying Bill Betts is a terrible person or runs a terrible business. They're just saying for me right now, it's not right, or I don't feel this is okay at the right point in time. And we, we as human beings, we get really caught up in this and then we get really caught up and, people, and it happens a lot, people make a call, and say, oh, someone's rejected me. And they then they over catastrophize it. They say, oh, that person's rejected me, they must hate me. Whereas that person probably hasn't even given it any thought. An hour later, they have forgotten this even happened, right? So it's not like in their head, they're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to continue to reject Bill Beck. They haven't thought about it differently, but we, we take it as if, oh, it means we're bad and we're not good. Now, ultimately, Okay, we have to get to the realities of business. If you continually get rejected and you continually aren't able to get people to buy what you do, then there's a bigger issue that we have to address as a business. That's why you help people, right, to to work out their market space and where their niche and what they're doing and what they're focusing on and and what they offer. But fundamentally, you you, you, you know, as a business people, we're, we're worried about someone rejecting us. And my message to them is, well... They don't mean to reject you personally for one. So don't take it personally. Don't stop being offended by someone trying to do something. It's not, it's just not right then for them. But the second part of it is also, you know, if you're a fit for everyone, it would be tough. Right. So if you if you were fit for everyone, if you if literally everyone wanted to work with you, you'd you'd be stressed to hell. So actually rejection is okay. I, I work on the basis of one in three. If I can bring one in three people, I talk about more well, one in two sometimes, then I'm happy. So that must mean 50% of the time I'm losing or I'm getting rejected. <laughs> no, that those are the averages yeah you're not going to win with everyone not everyone that gets on the train from Bristol gets to London some people get off at Bath some people get off at Swindon some people get off at Reading that's the nature of the world so accept it and, and don't worry about it and, and don't overthink it because they're not thinking about you they're just thinking about their what else is going on in their life don't extravise it
0: so take the take the personality out you know out of it it's the business they're rejecting not not yourself
1: Right. And and if they say and if they come back to you and saying I don't think the price is worth it and we'll come on to price maybe as a subject maybe later if they're saying I don't think the price is worth it or I think I don't think the service is good enough or I think I don't like the way you talk to me whatever and your course as business owners we have to hold the mirror up we have to be self reflective about things we do and we don't do. So it may well be that we've got to adjust parts of our behavior or our approach or whatever else and you know, part of the sales training that i do with people is to say you know sales is two things what you do and how you do it so there is things we need to learn and adjust in that respect of course that's why i'm on a passion to teach it. it's why i have 400 free videos it's why i give as much content out so people can learn how to change this stuff but most of the time it's 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 not aimed at that person to so stop taking it personally it's not aimed at you it's not saying that it, everyone's circumstances are different you know and i give an example of that which is pet related and i'll give a very relevant example so my sister has a dog lovely dog i love our big spirits beautiful cocker spaniel okay she goes and gets it looked after in the grooming parlor okay now i don't doubt that groomer wants her to be in a position where she can take Albie in every every four weeks or mean however long it takes, however often it is. Now my sister's a bit more canny with money, and she's you know she's going through, you know everyone's going for a bit of a cost of living crisis and whatever else, and she manages their budgets carefully, whatever else. And so when you know, and I talked about this to her the, the last week, it was my niece's birthday. You know, the lady you know asked her about you know when's be coming in for his next hole. We're not sure yet. Now, that's not to say she's, she does the, the, the dog being looked after, but at the moment she's carrying her pennies and she's having to work a few things out and prioritise it and whatever else. So now if that dog groomer takes that as offence, then they're doing the wrong thing. They're over catastrophizing the situation that isn't actually there. So sometimes as human beings, we overthink stuff. And actually the reality is, it's probably just not right now for that person or for some other reason. Now our job is to find out what that is and to try and see if we can persuade and convince, but let's not over-dramaticise it.
0: That's a great example, actually, because the dog groomer might be thinking, oh, why is this Why is this dog not booked back in? So your your sister, wasn't it, is, is thinking one thing, the dog groomer is thinking another, but there's no communication in the middle, is there?
1: Right, and, and and ultimately, very few of your customers are going to say, right now, I'm having to choose between getting my dog groomed and paying my bills, okay, which is where some people might be, okay? They're, they may well be in that situation. So the reality is it, you know, as I always say to people, your buyers, your prospects, the people, your customers are like onions, they have layers to them. They're not going to tell everything straight away. But that person, that dog groomer could, and I don't know, they hope they made me on this session today. They could be thinking, oh, it's the world's worth, the customer's leaving me. It's not. It's just because there's a circumstance going on in that customer's world that is not right. I mean, at the moment, it means they can't afford it that month or they don't want to pay it that month. Doesn't mean say that you're rubbish and you, oh, I'm terrible and I'm being rejected. There's a circumstance, right? So our job as salespeople and business people is to find that out where we can. Now, if you ask the person, like, if someone had asked my sister, is that because you can't afford it? The barriers would go up, right? Oh, straight away, it would be the barriers. So if you start saying that to people, be prepared for people to then go, oh, goodness me, speedo. But if you ask questions in a different type of way, you try and dig and have a conversation with someone then you might get an insight that can then help you make a solution differently. And that's what we try and that's what I try and help people with is to try and, and approach things in a slightly different way to open up a different part of, the, uh, of, of a conversation that might then get you the answer that you need to know where you want to be.
0: It might, it might be that um, having spoken to that customer and, and realized that money could be an issue, that you look to put in a payment plan or, or something like that to, to help them out.
1: Or well, what you do is you put together a subscription plan, for example, that says that they can then budget over a period of 12 months, for example. So you open up a new service that says, you know, and by the way, I had this conversation with, with a photographer who is a brilliant photographer. And she was saying, oh, I'm struggling to get people. And I actually, one of the, again, small businesses I helped, slightly different industry, but... She was saying, I'm struggling to get people to come and do photos with me. I'm booked up different times. I said, well, Why don't you create a subscription model? She's like, How will I do that? I said, Well, at the moment, how much you charge for a photography session? 400 pounds. I said, Okay, and how often does that happen? Well, normally it's sort of like once, you know, three, four times a year. Okay, I said, Why don't you take that cost of 1200 pounds over the year and make it 100 pounds a month for people or 200 pounds a month for people, depending on how many you offer? So, what they then do is they budget for it and they then know it's in their plan and they plan for it so she's put that in place and now she's got like nine other customers that have come to her and said, Oh, that works for us. You have to sometimes be a bit innovative about thinking like a payment plan or, or a, I don't know if they're any dog doing a subscription plan for for dog grooming, but, but but great idea, simple ways to do things, right? Yeah, getting paid every month
0: and uh, split spread the cost over like we do with most important things in our lives
1: like we do with bills. and it's how they use, I mean, look at the utility companies. They don't do badly, right? And that's how they do it with us. They, so why is it any different for other business owners? But sometimes it's about us thinking differently and thinking like our customer and seeing what we're Because I know my sister wants her dog to look amazing. And every time the dog comes back from the agreement, they put a lovely little bow tie on him and he looks cute and amazing. Then she puts a photo up and she's really proud of it, right? So she wants it to happen, but she has also got other circumstances. So we just need to say that sort of
0: that's interesting what you say about it. you. Say, I mean, I got a text message from my water uh, company the other day saying, "Oh, we just put your direct debit up." You know, there was no yeah. no customer service around that. Just we put your money up.
1: You know. But, but this is it. The issue is likely is those organisations are monopolies, right? So they're in a monopoly environment where you generally can't go and get water from anywhere else. But whereas dog groomers can go elsewhere, and that's the challenge. But communication again, and people are afraid to put the prices up, as you know. I mean, I'm sure you've had Robin doing this sort of stuff. or people are really scared of pricing and what pricing means. Um, And I always say to people, it's never price that's the issue, it's that they don't value it enough. So the question that these guys that you guys have got to ask yourself is how much do value do the people that we work with get from their dog being groomed and being looked after and being treated specially? Now, I think dogs are the equivalent of human beings in most people's world. They are the equivalent you know, of, 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 of kids, right? They are kids in the family in most families. So, and most people don't put a limit on what they spend on their kids, right? So, um, it's, it's they're, they're pretty important in, in factors. So, you know, if, if, the, if that price was to go up or if you were to offer an additional service on top of that, I think there's loads of opportunities for people, but again, it's something for them to think about and look at. But, um, yeah, it's, Communication is everything, but getting to understand your buyer and what's going on in their world is critical. If you understand people, then you can then, Stephen Covey, the great uh, business guru said, seek first to understand and then be understood. So when you understand someone, then you can then work out how you can target what you do into their world.
0: And I think one of the one of the um big issues within the industry at the moment, and it I, it may have been throughout is technology and technology and the industry is is being pushed. There's a lot of players in there pushing people down the the online booking scene, you know get it get the customers to book in with you. it's really easy, text them, message them. We're losing that that skill of communication, aren't we? We're actually talking to people. How does, um, what's the importance of actually getting on the phone and, and speaking to people when it comes to sales?
1: Well, look, uh, you probably know, I always say to people, right, especially if your business is struggling, you don't email the fire brigade if your house is on fire, okay? So the it. reality yes. is you, you, you want to pick up the phone and talk to people. Now, it depends on how you're doing that. So if you're picking up the phone with an intention to sell, it's one of the big mistakes that small businesses make. They think about what's right for them, not what's right for the buyer, Okay, so the one-on-one I say to people about sales and selling is if you keep going in with your own, what's, what's right for you, then people will probably don't want to engage with you. But if you literally go in with the intention of, let's say I picked up the phone I was a dog reaver, and I picked up the phone to tell my clients and said to them, Hey, so-and-so here from Dog Next, just want to get your feedback on how our service has gone, what could we do differently, tell us a bit more about what you love about the service we offer, Is what can we improve on? What are the things that frustrate you around when your dog comes back? Are there other things that, you know, we could do that could help you and your dog, right? Now, if you had 10 conversations like that, and by the way, guys, if you've got that time to to make those conversations and you know that person... The chances are you're probably going to get some insights from those customers that say, "Oh, we love this, but it'd be great if you could." I don't know. and I'm creating something here, building my bit Or any chance you could pick the dog up for us and drop it off? Or any chance you could, um, uh, I don't know, uh, clean its teeth? I don't know. There's loads of stuff. I'm not. I'm not in your world, right? But there could be a load of things. Top additional services that you could be adding to that. Or you know, he comes back. He looks great. But his breath smells okay. So if we offered a a, a, te- a a teeth cleaning service for your dog, and we and it was you know an investment of a little bit, you know you know, an extra X. How would that feel? What? And it would come back, to say we? It could help with that. And he can actually make his canine teeth better and better for the dog. I don't know. You might get someone going, well, yeah, well, why not? Let's add it on. So if you have those conversations with telling your customers, you get insights that you didn't have, we didn't know. And Yes, you've got to be innovative as a business person, but having those conversations and then saying, and by the way, look, uh, if you love the service that we provide, I just want to know, is there anyone else you know that has that, that dogs locally to you? Oh, yeah, our next door neighbor's got a dog. Oh, okay. And Can I ask where do they go for getting grooming? Oh, I don't know if they go anywhere at the moment. Okay, well, would it be okay if I gave you a little voucher that said if they do decide to join our our, our groomers, um, that, that if you gave that to them, what that will do is that will give them a special, and by the way, I don't like discounts, so that might give them a... Gold service for the price of silver initially. But what we'll also then do is if that happens, we'll put a free bag of dog food in, or I don't know, a free bag of it, or gives or give Albie something the next time he, your dog something the next time he's with us. So people go, oh, that's really good. I mean, okay, great. And suddenly they go around the next door neighbor with it. By the way, I don't know if it's right. Somebody, it's, you become, your, your customers become your own ambassadors, right? Now that comes from having 10 conversations with customers that might take you an hour. But A, you'll get insights about your service and how you can be better. But B, you've then got the opportunity to upsell, plus you've also got the opportunity then to drive referrals. Now that comes from having a conversation. Now, how can you do that on a booking system? Impossible
0: yeah i mean i love the way you can just see how quickly your brain just like goes and how like yes we can do this we can do that we can do this it's brilliant it's brilliant when um when we sort of look at uh new business a lot of people a lot of groomers will just receive a message they'll get a, a message or messenger or, or a message or a text message and um it'll be like hi i've got a cockapoo how much how do you, how do you
1: deal with that well, as you know, one of my conversations is the moment you start talking about price for people, um, it, it becomes a, you've got a limited chance to create value. So one of the things that before that I encourage people to do, I'm sure you're doing, is helping them create content to be able to educate and value their marketplace, right? So, because the honest answer is how much? My what I would prefer to do, and some people will still say to me, "Oh, I don't want to have a conversation with someone. I just want to know." If I come back and say it could rain, so what I would probably do is if they don't want to give, if they don't want to have a conversation, I would preferably say, "Dear Sir so and dear Bill, love thanks for the inquiry, I'd love to have a conversation with you, find out a bit more about you and Charlie the, co- the cockapoo, and from there I can then give you the best price." And if they then come back and say, "Just give me a price." I would go back and say, look, our our prices can range from X to Y, okay? Because when you do a range, it does because you are saying what you want the service to be. Most people are going to just, you might want the nails clipped, you might want the, you know, the the dog to have a full. You know, if I go to the car wash, there are four different types of car wash, right? If I phone the car wash company up and say which service can offer, they might give me the cheapest one, they might give me the, the the most expensive one. So, you know, I think you can give a range, but generally, if people do things on email. I'm always a little bit nervous. If you're giving your price to someone before they've understood your value, then it can be a challenge, right? Cause it's a challenge to get that element across. Now let's just say, for example, you offer a high quality service. It's a very unique service. It's different where you spend two hours on every dog and four hours, I don't know, goodness knows whatever people spend on each dog and you you know go underneath their fingernails and do a health check and all these things. If you go back to someone and just say, oh, our price is 300 quid, they're going to go, oh my God, that's ridiculous. But the point is, if you go back and say, look, we range from this to this, and this is our this is our top end service, which is 300 pounds. And owners love this service because it gives them peace of mind around this, this, and this. But I don't understand your situation. So why don't we you know, have a chat, have a conversation, and I can then tell you, A, if we're a good fit for you or not, because it may be that we're not, and if we are, which is the right service for us? One of the things about doing that is everyone always thinks that you're going to sell. And one of my best tricks, yeah you know, tricks, tips I can give people is to actually in a sales conversation to say to someone it may well be that we're not right for you it may well be that we are not the right solution for you it may well be that we're not a good fit and hey if that's the case no worries what i do when you do that you what i call release the pressure you release the valve where people think you're going to be sold to and also because you don't want you know you don't want bmw customers right you know what BMW customers, is, right? A butcher, a moaner and whiner, right? So you don't want those type of customers in your business because they're just hard work. They, they're, they're just hard work. So sales should be a, an element of matching. So rather than someone saying, just give me a price, I always encourage a business I work to try and have that conversation. But I know it's not always possible. So if it's not possible to have a conversation, give a range, but try and indicate maybe what the services look like. But just be careful because if you're offering a standard price and someone then looks at 50 versus 60 and goes oh well, i'm just going to go for the 50 they may not be comparing apples to apples or they may there might be a level of care it might be a level of attention that that other groomer's is not doing that you can show that you do
0: yeah and since sort of working with you and meeting you and going forward with, um on the on our mentorship program we don't give a, a price out anymore our, our pretty much our standard reply is you know thanks for your inquiry um, please Send us send over your your phone number and we'll give you a call back. And that kind of that's like the first step to to weed out the BMW customers, as it were. You know, start. start.
1: Um, and but but also but also it's a really important thing, right? Because sorry to interrupt you, but it's a really important thing. Why would you as a dog owner put your your pet prize dog and family member in the hands of someone you haven't had a conversation with, or someone that uh, I'd be, uh, I wouldn't want to just do it. If you've got people like that, maybe they don't care that much about their dog. So, do you really want to work with them? I don't know. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? If they don't want to have a conversation,
0: Oh, that's it, and and we we see it we see this a lot in the groups. Like um, the, the, pet, the the pet groomers get lumbered with the the dogs that are banned from other places. They're, they're matted up, they're solid. They're not, they can't get an appointment with their usual groomer. So again, having that conversation with them is that opportunity to to wheedle out the red flags and select your select your ideal clients, isn't it?
1: It is, and, and, and ideal clients. We all know that you know sometimes we can't always be as as picky as we want to be, but trying to avoid you know I. Yeah, the, the you know, the the, the customers I call the hot curry customers as well, right? You know, you know a hot curry, you've tasted it, it tastes all right, but it hurts like hell elsewhere wouldn't we? you know, the other side. So you, they, they, as they go through the system, they hurt, right? So we just want to avoid those type of people. And one of the great tips I can give people to do to think about that is to, there's a, I did a podcast with a guy called Mike Michalowicz on my YouTube channel, and he's a brilliant guy who wrote a book called The Pumpkin Plan Profit First, fantastic guy. And he talks about how businesses having three indomitable rules that they work with so in his and i generally have the same so i wouldn't generally not work with people that are rude i won't people work with people that absolutely don't value me and i won't work with people that don't want to pay me on time okay so those are the three rules so create those rules about you as a person because your own human values and sanity relate to those elements and it can be you i might have a specific thing that's key for you and then actually if someone's not matching one of those rules, then just be open and saying, hey, thanks very much, but I don't think we're right for each other. I don't think I'm gonna deliver the service you need. You probably get more FOMA of people going, oh, well, I wanna work with you. Well, thanks very much, as as much as you might wanna work with me. The way you took and I've had this conversation with someone before, the way you talk to my member of my team, it just doesn't work for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, they're as important to me as anything else and you made them feel like they were small and that, that that just doesn't work for me so you know having those indomitable rules that you can run your business wheel with is a good you yeah, good direction and policy for people to have as well and don't be ott on them but just just have your own values of who you are as a business owner as a person you're not there as a doormat
0: that's it. And that's, you know, it comes back to why you wanted to run your own business, probably because you don't want to answer to a boss who doesn't defend you in those situations, or, you know, you don't want to work with those the ass clients that your boss is happy to bring into the business. So you've got
1: those options to say no to people, haven't you? Exactly. that, And, and saying no is a, is a relieving thing. When you tell them to say to somebody, it actually makes you feel better because you're taking control. There's actually a sales technique that we teach in, in a lot of our academy work around actually when you start to, be able to tell people to say no, people feel so If I get you to say no about something, you feel in control. So if I, a little tip for example, oh, so you, so it sounds like you'd rather your dog stay as it looks right now then. No, I don't. Okay, great. Let's get it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the to get a group, then. So actually, when you give the someone the ability to say no, it makes a difference for them. But yeah, it's got to be done in the right way.
0: Yeah, and my wife Emma, she's she's very good at asking clients to leave for for those sort of reasons. You know, being um, rude to staff or objecting about the price, we they did actually have a stand up argument with mm-hmm. someone for thirty minutes because he mentioned price. And then we said, well, don't, don't book in again. And he said, I do want to book in again. She's like, no, you're not booking. I actually ended up having a row about booking in. So like you said, it creates a bit of FOMO. <laughs> he missed out.
1: Well, it is. The other thing, the other thing, great question to ask when people talk about price. So the great, simple question to ask is that, I appreciate you telling me that you don't think it's worth that price. What would you need to see to feel it's worth investing that amount? What would you need to see to feel it's worth investing that amount? Or, how far apart on price are we? Or be honest with me, you know what price were you expecting it to cost? Because when one of the challenges, again, this is, you know, again, in, in the rule now of objections, uh, price is an objection. They're basically saying, I think I'm okay with your service, or thing, but something's in the way. It's like a barrier. It's a hurdle. So most people just talk at it. Oh, the reason we're priced at this is because we're so good, and we do this, and we do this, and we do that. Don't talk over an objection. It doesn't work. Your way to deal with an objection is it's a simple method that I use as a video on my YouTube channel um, called Lair. Listen, acknowledge, identify, respond. Thanks for letting me know, Bill. Seems like you feel like we're a little bit expensive compared to other pet groomers. What would you need to see to feel comfortable investing 50 pounds for a grooming with Rover? And then let that person then tell you what they think. And some people will say, thanks very much. As long as I've got a hold in my mouth, I'll never spend 50 pound on a grooming for Rover. Okay, thanks very much. Well, look, probably not gonna work then. Well, I'd want to see what extra you do, and I'd want to see what other services you add, and I'd want to see how much care you take of the dog and whatever. Okay, great. And if I can show you how we take care of Rover, and compare, you yeah, know, make sure that Rover, when he comes to our facility, is looked after and given the best possible service, how would how would that make you feel? Would that give you the confidence to to, to feel comfortable investing that a bit more? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so yeah, it's so important. So it's about it. <laughs>
0: And it's important then, isn't it, to work on things like getting those reviews onto your Google page, reviews onto your Facebook page, getting a a portfolio of photos of breeds of, of dogs that you do
1: exactly and then you've got and also testimonies of people going you know we took rover in rover same rover spot whatever the dog's name is <laughs> but you know we, we took the dog in buster in and, and actually they looked after us buster can sometimes be you know be challenging in those moments and therefore they were able to cope with that you know again I go back to the point of most pet owners right the last thing they want is to, they're putting their you, know, you wouldn't take your child into a nursery and not care about what what, what the nursery was going to do. So most dog owners are the same, right? They want their dog to be in, a, in the best possible environment. Now, obviously, it's got to be a value of what they can afford, and there is some elements around what they can afford, but it's that equivalent of a child, right? They're not going to put it into a place that they don't want it to be looked after and well looked after. And if you fundamentally, if you said to the, to the pet groomer, i sorry, to the owner, you can pay £10 less. and buster gets treated averagely or we're going to really look after buster but for £10 more most dog owners will go alright pay the extra £10 it's just they don't know they've not been communicated the value and also you've not asked enough questions to really know what buster's owner thinks about buster being taken into the groomer, and that's where we've got to understand and ask questions and do the sales thing that we should do um,
0: yeah and it, you know and this is all about communications and I, I know from my oh, own clients yeah. You know, when they get on the phones, they are actually able to um, sell their services at higher prices compared to when they, they message over. And I had one client who um, relied on an online booking system and um, sales, the, the inquiry started to drop off. As her prices increased, Inquiries started to drop off. And I said to her, let's take the booking system offline because I reckon people are looking at your prices and then going elsewhere. And uh, yeah. so we've done that and you know sales is picking up and but she doesn't need as many people because she has high prices but it's talking, correct
1: isn't it it is it's having conversations right and it's having go back to my other big rule around selling it's having conversations around what's right for you but it's also what's right for the other person yeah let me, yeah, let me put it bluntly to, to everyone on this okay your customers that your buyers your prospects don't give a monkeys about your business, okay? Let's be fair, my customers don't give a monkeys about my my business. Your customers don't give a monkeys about your business. None of our customers really give a money. No one buys, a unless you've got a brand like Louis Vuitton, most people don't buy something because they want to please the brand. They care for what it can do for them, okay? And the one-on-one of selling is actually stop focusing on you and what you want and focus on what the buyer wants. And when you understand the buyer and what's going on in their world and what's happening, what they really value, Things become easier, but most people go into sales thinking, oh, I need to go and get 20 people, 20 dogs in. I'm going to go and push my services. I offer, in classic emails, I see, we offer a doc services. We offer this. We are amazing. We are great. We are great. Let me be blunt with you. Your clients don't care about you and what you are. Focus on them and their world and how Buster is, or you know, Spot is, or whatever. And then how do you, it, 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 it's a big one-on-one people mistake with selling. Selling's not about you, it's about your buyer.
0: I mean, I've talked about this before with my audience about um, the problems that they solve and identifying those problems to then help you with the with the sales. Because that's what it is, isn't it? Every every business out there solves a problem.
1: Correct. It was two things. People only buy for two reasons, okay? They either have a problem, okay, which is seven out of 10 people. So seven out of 10 people will buy from a problem or they have a desire, okay? So Napoleon, Napoleon Hill, think of growing rich. Great book if everyone hasn't read it. So one you've probably read it, Bill. It's one of the master books that's all this. But, but the point being is desires probably you know, is another driver for people. But three out of 10, you know, I use the example a lot of, you know, if, with, um, you know, if I said to someone you've got toothache, you know, you literally have got really bad toothache. You literally want the problem solved pretty much today or tomorrow, right? You don't. if someone says to you, oh, we'll sit you in in two weeks' time, you're like, no, 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 no. But if you want your teeth whitened, okay, then you'll be a bit, you know, most people, there are some people that we know that, you know, I know a few people that are quite vain that would want it done tomorrow, but most people would go, yeah, all right, I can wait two weeks for my teeth to be whitened. But toothache, fake, mm, no, I need it solved quickly. So the question is, seven out of 10 people will move from a position of pain rather than a position of pleasure. So the question is, What is the problem? Now, if you're talking to an audience of dog owners, what's the problem? What's the issue that they've got? What's the, and, and the problem generally, I'm guessing this is your world, not mine, is related to the dog might be hot. Um, if there's got too much hair, for example, I'm thinking laterally, because I'm not a, a dog <laughs> owner, but you know, the dog might be hot or um, the dog might be bringing it because the hair is longer, the dog might be bringing in more stuff onto the, into the house that creates more mess. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's about what are those problems or the dog smells because they've got hair, that's old. I don't know. But what are those problems and identifying they-
0: important. that's it i was sitting on the sofa yesterday with our sausage dog and she just stinks <laughs> you know it's, it happens a lot with dog groomers we don't have time to groom our own dogs but she just smells it's just like oh she just need to get a bath and then was like well yeah. you can do that if you want i was
1: like well i could take it to a groomer <laughs> exactly That's <laughs> it's a problem right. isn't it it goes back to the problem, and and, it, and it's like anything else. It's how long you want to put up for the problem. But most people will be in a position where they'll, they'll, you know, the, the extent of the problem they can extend, you know, will carry on for a bit. But then eventually, it's like I need to solve this. This is it becomes, you know, and as you know, you know, we've we've, we've mentored a person, that, you know, Alex. You know, well, isn't it? I've mentored Alex for a long time, and you know, we talk a lot about FTE events, right? FTE events, it rhymes with duck. Um, this event, so a moment where I talk in in a buyer's world where they have an FTE event which is, you know, a a duck this event, which is where people go stuff this, I need to change, I need to do something, I need to get, I need to purchase that and and, and, I need to, to make that buying decision um and that's obviously you know hopefully that's going to be you know a chance for these groomers then to engage with their audience and once you engage with someone and deliver your service that's when you get creative about okay how can I then make sure I keep that person and that's where systems come in right yeah. you know it was four weeks that spot you know Buster came to us again we've you know we've looked at Buster's a Cavapoo and the Cavapoo Dog Association recommend that you know Cavapoo's are brushed every six weeks and order to keep them healthy in their skin so we'd like to suggest the following dates for Buster to be brought in on okay there's 12 of of no, uh, uh, September or the 14th, which one works best for you.
0: That's it, and that's where systems can help you. Like once, once you've gotten them into your business, then you can systemize them and allow them to book
1: online, et cetera, et cetera, but that initial conversation. <laughs> But you can see the way even I've just said that email there. That's what I call an assumptive close, right? The, the buster has came into us last time, yeah, four weeks ago. The Cavapoo Association recommends best health for the dogs, and I'm bullshitting this, right? You guys, you, you're, doing well. but, you're doing well. But but, but, but it recommends that dogs looked after every six weeks. Six weeks from the original date would be this date or this date. Which one is best for you? So I haven't said do you want to do it. I've just said which one is best for you. Now, you might get a client replying back saying, I can't make either of those dates. Okay, cool. No worries about this or this day, right? But the point being, the decision is then made that they're going to do it. Yeah. That's a, a simple way in which you can use an, a you know, system or an assumptive code, which one is best for you. But there's an example of how hey, some people started implementing some of those elements, utilizing that type of thought process. You hopefully get bookings start to appear in on a regular basis, right? And that's it. That's one way to grow your business,
0: is- isn't it? Get your customers to come back more often. No. <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's the most important thing I think businesses you know like you guys in pet groomers there's a great you know I was once told by um a, a guy that owned a lot of hotels the most expensive hotel room is an empty one okay yeah. so maybe what you guys have got to think about as well the most expensive appointment that you have is the one that's not booked so the reality is is if you're filling keeping your funnel flat with people coming through on a regular basis what that then does is if you if you're at 80, 90, I don't know, wherever occupancy, and these guys, I'm sure you're doing it with them, Billy, should be measuring occupancy rates and, and, and appointment rates, right? If your occupancy rates are at 90, 95, then you're getting full to completion. Guess what? That's the beauty of business. That's where we can move our prices up. Because we can then say I've got more supply than demand, sorry, more demand than supply, therefore I've got in a position to move my prices up, or I can take extra people on, or whatever else I want to grow. But we should make you but you know, if you've got 40 slots per week. Your most expensive slot is an empty one. Definitely. So maybe, hopefully, we've
0: inspired some people um, with this talk that have been watching, and maybe they're going to get a a message today, later on this afternoon, saying, hi, I've been recommended for your service. Um, How much for a cockapoo? And they're thinking, right, I need to get on the phone. But they have so much fear. Around making that phone call Is there any sort of help You know Do we write a script out Do we You know Breathe before we make that phone call How do we help people
1: Definitely breathe Breathe is <laughs> good It helps us Okay But the first thing I'd say to people Is definitely write out what. It's just two things You know it, it, When George Clooney Or you know Angelina Jolie Goes on the telly they 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 come up with their lines and they don't wing it right. So if you're going if you're going to have to make calls, try and write down what you're going to say. And Remember what I said: focus on them and the person. And then I'm sure there's some resources that you're sharing. There's again my video. I've got videos on my YouTube channel. Head along to it and, and have a look. But practice it first. I'd say people practice it. Practice what you're going to say. Get comfortable saying the words. Not word for word. You do not want to sound like a robot because that looks terrible. But get comfortable with a framework. Okay, what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Write it down and practice it with the dog or with, you know, with a human being or whatever else to make sure you're comfortable. The second thing I always think to people is stop overthinking the other end, okay? Stop over what's gonna happen, what are they gonna do? You're on the phone, what's the worst that can happen? They might pick up the phone and say, no thanks, we're not busy. Interested, interested right now, or we're not, you know, whatever. And there are responses to use for that, but stop over-dramatizing that. The third thing is this, be human. Stop going into it as a sales conversation. Focus in on being a conversation with two pet people that love pets to understand a bit more about their pet and their and, and their situation and make it a human-to-human conversation. Okay. And forget the elements of selling. But obviously, in time we do want to sell. And then the fourth aspect that I would say to people is probably that's probably critical to this is again. Yeah, ask questions if, if there's one thing that they should have in, the, in front of them is a list of 5 to 10 open questions and we've talked you know we've been through this with you tell me a bit more about your dog um how old is Charlie um when did you get Charlie um tell me a bit more about Charlie's character um uh, what does he like what doesn't he like I mean I've come up with four or five there right now they should have these questions written up in front of them uh, where have you you know when have you been to a groomer before how did that work what didn't work for you what didn't you like about that agreement what type of service do you you know how, how do you normally like to you know invest in a grooming service for Charlie when Charlie comes back to you what do you like him to look like you know it may have come up like a seven or eight of them now have this list of questions questions. And don't ask questions like you're in the interrogation unit of the police because that's not a good way to do it as you know but but the point is ask questions in a sense of with empathy oh tell me a bit more about that Charlie and oh how does Charlie like that to be a and be really and be, be interested in them and you'll find that that owner will tell you everything they'll share as much information as you want yeah. so, so there's another video on my on my YouTube channel called LAPS and I use a simple model called LAPS which is listen, ask, probe, summarise so listen you should be listening when you have. a a a sales call for 75% of the time ask questions list the questions that you've got written out that you can find out about the dog and they shouldn't just be what I would call you know basic questions of how old is he and what breed is he there should be questions like how does it feel when Charlie comes back and looks amazing it should be emotional elements of emotion in there probing so probing is literally where you say oh right when, you know, they might say oh we took him to agreement before and it didn't work out oh so let's move on to the next question oh right what happened there tell me a bit more about that so probe probe into their world and then at the end of it and maybe you've got 10 minutes to come summarize thanks ever so much for your conversation Bill what you've gained from today is You've got Charlie, he's a four-year-old Cavapoo. Uh, you do this, 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 and this, and this, and, and this is the frustration you've currently had with the current groomer. Have I, have I summarized that correctly? Yeah, you have, yeah, fantastic. That's exactly where we're at. Okay, cool, fantastic. What would what, what you like to do next? Yeah, and if you ask that question to people, they'll say, oh, well, I wanna, well I'd like to know a bit more about your service. Okay, cool. No problems at all. Really happy to share a bit more about our service. What in particular would be the most areas you'd like to know most about? Well, I'd like to know about how you look after dogs and and, and how you groom them. Okay, yeah. great. And just so I understand, what makes that so key for you? Okay, well, it's because we've had a problem in the park. I don't know. Do you know. So what I'm saying is, we want to keep probing and probing, so that we can understand the the other person. So just focus on doing those four things and and, and being human, and, and you'll have some nice conversation. Definitely, and the they come back to you and say. Oh, what's the price of it? You should hopefully have your own pricing and you should have uh, you know an outline of pricing, or you might do a bring them in and we'll give a quote. I don't know how people operate. But what you can say is give that range. And normally when dogs come into us of that size, it ranges from this to this. How does that feel or sound to you? Okay. So if you are if you are in that stage of the conversation where you're given a price, how does that sound to you? Mm-hmm. And there's a brilliant book that I encourage people to read by like a guy called Chris Voss. You'll have read Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, where he talks about three yeses, right? And people will give you some, some, some different mistakes back. But the reality is, when you ask that question, how does that sound to you? You'll get a reaction that will either be, yeah, so pretty much in line with what I thought, or, mm, mm, feels a bit expensive, or, oh, bloody hell, you guys are pricey. So, again... This is where again, there's, and I can't go through the whole sales training that I do, but you know, what I mean, that's no. sort of the way I would approach a call like that. If I was making calls for them, then that's yeah. how I would approach it.
0: You know, listen to listen, rewind that last sort of couple of minutes. This is how you're going to achieve higher prices in your in your business, isn't it? You know if someone's charging 35 pounds for a dog group they're not going to have this 10 minutes to spend on the phone speaking to someone but when your prices are higher you're creating time to do this and this will get you better clients at higher prices
1: because you're valuing and bear in mind there's a there's a great phrase for people to realize bill right twenty-seven percent of people buy premium okay 27 percent of people buy premium so if premium didn't exist why does weight trace exist okay yeah. the tin of beans is the same generally even though they have to do most most items in waitress are higher price or marks and spencer's food my wife shops at marks and spencer's food all the time why it is good quality better quality but i'm paying like seven pound for a lasagna versus four pound double the price right but she goes there because the quality is better and she feels better as a well 27 so percent of people buy premium so the question is do you want to be the premium dog groomer in your area right
0: that's it we need to go and find those
1: so but but don't be afraid of that and and don't be afraid of those elements but again you, you can't yeah, you know, if, if people are just going to judge, there's a great lady that I, I did some uh, a podcast with who is runs an ice cream. She runs, a, if anyone knows Granny Got they're an ice cream that's sold in weight trays And uh, Amanda, who runs that, I had a great conversation with her, and she used to go and knock on the doors of lovely country pubs. Okay, and the first thing she'd do is when she talked to the chef about her ice cream, and his is like seven of tubs. It's like proper nice stuff, right? And it's good stuff. I've I've only tasted it. I can't afford it that much. I'm joking, but but um, so so she'd knock on the door of the pub and she says to them and. If, if the first question the chef said to her was how much it was she'd say thanks very much it's not going to work and they'd go what do you mean well, if you're only interested in price then go and buy a wall's tub because that's what matters to you but if you actually care about your diners and the experience they get and how great we deliver the, yeah and how amazing they talk about you on social media afterwards they've had incredible ice cream and alongside your incredible dessert that you make then let's have a conversation so she actually literally used to walk out if the first conversation was about price and i generally do the same thing the first thing people want to know about is price is i'm probably not for you yeah, yeah. that's, that's
0: late, it that's it yeah. uh, you yeah. want to yeah. they want to value the service yeah.
1: well if you don't buy it, and if they don't if they you don't value the service you don't value what I do then then hey it's okay it's not a problem it may you know not everyone can afford it right I understand that certain people can't afford it some people can't afford it some people circumstances are different but other people's are not but the point is is you don't get to know that by understanding them and what they matter about it and what matters to them. And you get that by asking questions and you get that by getting to know them and finding out their situation. Now, people might say, oh, I haven't got time to phone people. Okay, well, create an online form, right? Create an online form in your business that you can actually say that encourages them to complete that form. Now, if is that a barrier to some buyer potentially? But 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 the but main thing is, they're then gonna tell you information about the dog and what's doing on the and circumstances of the dog. But for example, I mean, you know, as I sit in the company, I chair today. Andrew, the CEO, his dog goes to a, um, uh, a a doggy daycare. He never, the dog never, he, never takes off his um, coat, jacket thing. Whenever I look at photos, I'm like, why is Toby in the jacket? Oh, because he feels more comfortable when the dog's wearing his coat. How would you know that? And if she had a conversation to talk to people about that, but that makes the dog feel better, so I feels better, easy.
0: Yeah, and so so you might be worried about phoning a a potentially new client about talking to them, but actually they should be doing all the talking, shouldn't they? 75%
1: 75% of the time, you should have this list of questions that you want to talk and engage with. And you, it shouldn't be that a, oh, I've got to beg for the business, you know, talking about beg the dogs. It should be a case of, do I want this business? Is this a good fit customer for me? Are they going to value? Are they going to be a BMW customer? Or are they going to be someone that's really going to value our service? Now, if it's a new customer, you might need to do something initially to get them on board, just so you know, for every new customer we work with, just to show you our quality, we do this, this, and this, in addition to, to, to our service, just to give you an experience of what it's like for us to work with us. Sure. I don't. I prefer that than discounting. I don't like discounting personally because I give you discount, then you you create a, a, an expectation of price. But what you might do is to say, for every new customer that we work with, we give a bag of dog food. I don't know something that they get in addition to it that means that they go, oh, well, I'll try it. Yeah, a treat that's,
0: pack. That's, or, or, yeah, a, treat or pack a treat or, pack
1: or, pack Yeah, something like that. Something something you can do for it, as a thank you for choosing to work with us. And what we'll then do is we'll do this. This and this to check that our services at the level you want it to be.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So talk, talk more, talk and talk to your clients more. You know, we can't emphasise it enough, can we?
1: No, and and, and and not talking, but asking the questions, yeah. just engaging with us basically in that way.
0: Yeah. And um, when it comes to psychology, I really love that. What, what you said about this presumptive close. So a lot of people have issues where they hand the dog, dog back over. And obviously we want them to book again in six to eight weeks. It's good for the dog. It's good for the dog's coat. It's good for our business and our money. So what's, what's the best way to sort of encourage, entice or get people to rebook face to face?
1: Well, I think what I'd say face to face. So you know, you look at first, look for reactions, right? If you see the dog going, like, "Oh my god, Charlie looks amazing!" Yeah. If they look "Okay, cheers, Charlie, get in the car," then I'd be like, "Okay." If you know if they look amazing, great. I mean, oh, it sounds like you, you know, you all we, you know, we'd ask you is let us know what you think to service, and, and and how would it feel for us to, you know, dogs like Charlie, who are our X, Y, and Z dog, we normally recommend every four to six weeks. How would it feel to book them in? We're getting really booked up at the moment for September, so sh- should we get? Shall we get a date booked in now? Okay, that's all you can do to get a date booked in now. Well I get to my hairdresser, I literally book up there and then for the next time because it's, you know, I know he's busy and therefore I'm going to book in at that date and time and then he uses the system to remind me and whatever else. Shall we, you know, or we're getting really booked up with, with an appointment, shall we get that booked in now? Very uh... simple. Because a lot of people if they say, no, if they say no, then say, Oh, no worries at all. I understand totally, but um, just want to check is everything okay with the service? Just want to check that we you know what we've done. Is it? yeah, it's okay, but we're on holiday then. Okay, no worries. Okay, when else would work for you? It's that like conversation again,
0: isn't it? A lot of people would say, Would you like to book again? and that often people just go straight away to no.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, if you say would you like to book again you're given a closed answer how would it feel to book again how would it feel to get the date confirmed um what would be the best time for you x or y okay you, if you, you get a closed, if you ask a closed question you get a closed answer so try and use i always use these kittens. who what where why you know how tell me more um how would it feel to get it booked in again you know we're really busy at the moment what does september look like for you you know if you want to get things booked in um what would be the you know what what would be the best day for you in September to get something built? In. Try and be use a sumptive language. yeah
0: sumptive, excellent. And uh, do, can you recommend any books around around learning around that sort of stuff? Do I you can have cool. thousands
1: books? Do you have oh, your I own book? Don't, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't get me going on that. That's a lot of people. I've I focused on YouTube, so look, I definitely recommend people, um, if they love some of the stuff here, you know, go on YouTube. And there's a Facebook group I've got as well. And look, if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can. I'm sure we can connect up and, you know, we can. can they can connect through you, Bill, with me. But um, what I would say to people is is really, you know, if you want to use language and phrases that work, you know, just focus on... on it's impossible to explain to people how to close or do certain things at a certain time. Now, you know, we're not going to do that straight away, but look, go to reach out we run an academy course that people might be interested in that could be around sales and selling and how to close. And that could be something for them. There's lots of videos there. There's lots of resources on my website. Go to jameswhite.business. Um, there's some, there's some closing questions people can ask. Um, there's loads of resources there as well. So
0: Yeah. Well, I'm currently enjoying your uh, email series about hiring your first employee as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it's exactly. So there's a, there's a lot of resources on the site. I also do a Saturday. So, um, so if you head to jameswhite.business, I do a Saturday uh, email, uh, which is all about getting inside the mind of your buyer. So I'll talk about some concepts around buyer psychology and fundamentally getting to know people and the way they work. So um, that's another easy. if they go to James White jameswhite.business, they can sign up for my Saturday email. And that's all around just getting inside the mind of your buyer and how people to, you know, it's, it's all about me helping and supporting them. There's no sales element from my perspective in there because I'm being blunt. I generally might not be, I may not be the right person for a lot of these, you know, for the guys watching because, uh, you, know, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, you I'm, know, I don't, I make no bones about the fact I'm expensive, right? The type of clients I traditionally work with are, you know, have, have a sort have a service that's a bit higher price, so they can justify that. But. My big mission, as I will say to people, is on the sort of Robin Hood of, of selling. I work with those that are a bit more well off to help those that don't have that. So, and I'm a passion to create as many resources, books, including one of those things, to help business owners sell. Because if they can sell and make the tills ring, make that phone buzz with payments, that makes me happy.
0: That's it. That's it. And, you know, thank you so much for your time today. And and I, I would recommend people go and listen and watch this episode a couple of times, maybe with a piece of paper or a notepad and just pick out the the relevant you know there's so much value in that in this conversation and so much that can help them with their business so it's definitely one to listen to a couple of times to to pick out what what needs doing in their business
1: yeah and if we can help anyone who's got other questions maybe i'm also happy to do another you know you know towards you know maybe in a month's time if people have got other questions or other queries i'm happy to jump on another session if that's helpful for people to where we can actually specifically do a bit of a surgery and help answer their specific questions really happy to do that as well
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, James. And uh, I'll make sure all your links are in the uh, in the chat, so people can come find you, sign up to your emails, and uh, watch you on YouTube. And uh, we look forward to seeing your book.
1: <laughs> hey, no worries. My best wishes to everyone. Thanks so much for giving out their time. I know they're busy people, but look, I just sincerely just want you to be successful and, and you to achieve the results you want. So good luck in what you're doing. Don't be afraid. And um, yeah, what you put in, you get out, but just, just, just don't, don't, over, don't overthink it is the key thing. And sales is simple. It's about solving problems and understanding people. And if you do that, you'll be in good shape.
0: Excellent. Thanks a lot. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure you give us a like or a review to help people find it. The podcast is sponsored by pay Head over to www.lowpay.com to find out more about their payment solution.